Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. I will be your father. You love Valenti. Like, remember, you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WXUTs after further review. I'm back here with David, the man of God, Harris. And guess what? We are... Recording a little bit for you as uh, people have their own uh, agendas they got to get to. Frank Bashman's out again with an officiating gig. Uh, David couldn't do Saturday morning, so we had to do a pre-recording for you for the live uh, studio show for you. Get it in there for you. And then we have it basically for our recap segments here on SoundCloud and iTunes, which you can listen to on WXUT's After Further Review with a picture of Frank Bashman and the horse's head. But what we're getting into right now, though, is we're going to be getting into David the Man of God Harris's winners and losers college and pro football. And go ahead, David. Fire it up. All right. So where's the losers? And it was actually week three last week. I was thinking that it was week four. Oh, this week three. Week. Yeah, week two, so we, week two for NFL football, and week three for college football. Well, technically, almost week four because there is a week zero. Yeah. Okay. And it's kind of odd, and it's the official "quote unquote" week three, but week four football, college football has been around for a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since we were talking about action last segment with the Rockets, first winner, Western Michigan. Going to my old stopping grounds, my hometown, and beating Pitt. Kind of beat him so bad that you had the head coach complaining about the refereeing and the officiating, which is never a good sign. Mm-hmm. Not just much less a Mac school losing to a Pitt team that had just been Tennessee and was riding high with the momentum of, hey, we could possibly be a legitimate shot to have a Top 25 record, gets to the ACC championship game. But Western Michigan kind of slid them down and silenced us. So shout-out to the Broncos getting that paycheck and coming out with a victory. And hopefully some good for Manny, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another winner from college football, Alabama. Closer than I think any of us thought it would be against Florida especially since Florida was coming into the game, I would say shaky against USF. Kind of, you had the quarterback dilemma, not certain. You saw Alabama get out to the big start, and we were like, well, this is just going to be Alabama doing Alabama things. But shout out to Florida making it competitive at the end. But when, when you're the dynasty, when you are the team that everyone's gunning for, you find ways to win, and Alabama, like always, just find found a way to win. That is true. Uh, switching over to, I would say, you know, switching over to the paid players, but, you know, the NIL, name, image, likeness thing. 
So for NFL, we should say, uh, for Sam Darnold, like, I I don't know if it's getting out of Adam Gase's shadow. I don't know if it's just leaving New York. I, I don't know if it's Matt Rule is a genius in Carolina. But if this Sam Darnold was in New York, the Jets would have made a playoff game. Like well, David, I, I think it's him getting out of New York, which is a bad organization with bad coaching, and now he's somewhere that's stable. Sometimes the environment makes the player, and, and Sam Darnold is, is an example of that. Some players, their talent supersedes the environment, and they can stabilize it. His couldn't. He's a talented football player, but the environment was so bad, I think it just affected him. And Gase, let's face it, Gase is just an awful coach. He showed that in Miami, and he showed that in New York. So now he's somewhere where they've got it together. Matt Rule, you know, basically gutted the team. He's got now a solid defense. McCaffrey's there, but obviously McCaffrey came up with, I believe, a hamstring injury, I believe. So, But, but Darnold's that piece that can help them elevate their team to start to get wins. But let's be honest, it, 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 that, that, that organization was awful in New York. So I, I think he could always play like this. I just think. It was the location that was bad. But continue. No, and, and I think wholeheartedly it's because getting out of New York, that change of scenery, change of pace for him, where he's not – he came in as the heir apparent to the franchise. He came in with all of the expectations of, hey, you are going to get the Jets over this hump. And you just saw offense. offensively they were just a train wreck. Like, it, it was just bad. Yeah. But, yeah, going to Carolina just with this new lease on life, and it's like, huh, Sam, Sam Darnold actually playing. And, and I'm, I didn't think this transition would happen this quickly of him going from New York Jets kind of throwaway to actually respectable quarterback, but he's showing that, hey, I'm here. Right. I, I am able to kind of play at, at this level. You know. Then the final winner, just the high scoring, just offenses in general. We saw a lot of 30s and 40 point games, even not the ones that, even not the game that went to overtime, which was in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Like, we're starting to really see the evolution where if you aren't able to score the football, if you're not able to have at least Two touchdowns in the air, maybe two on the ground. You're going to really struggle in this league. And even the really good teams, like, you need to have offensive firepower if you're going to be considered in that upper echelon where you're able to compete with the likes that we, of the teams that we saw on Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Like we're able to see with Tampa Bay. And they played Atlanta. It, it was, if you were a fan of offense, you were happy with last Sunday and last Monday. <sighs> but those that were not happy will be the losers. And I feel like it's just deja vu. Zach Wilson, you, I, I really don't think that Zach Wilson should have been a top five pick. I saw that like, where people said like, they picked Zach Wilson over Justin Fields, which, by the way, I, great. Thanks, Jets. But, hey, 
I mean, like, I don't know if it's, you know, him seeing ghosts against New England. Yes, it's part. Bill Belichick does this with every rookie quarterback. But every we talked about it going all the way back to when I was doing my mock draft. We saw Zach Wilson play Toledo. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were to go back and say, this guy's going to be the number two overall pick, the second quarterback to come off the board. Really? This guy? Mm-hmm. Like, a, a lot of it, you can say, you know, defensive scheming. Some of, yes, one of the interceptions was kind of a, you know, freak accident thing. But it's hard to throw four interceptions and not be considered, eh, something's going on between the ears. And I don't know if it's him coming in with his kind of brash bravado, hey, you know, I'm the kid with the swagger, you know, anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Yeah, you can say that when you're, you know, Provo, Utah, you know, Salt Lake City, Utah. That ain't working in New York City with these grown men. Uh, and then same with Trevor Lawrence. Like, this this ain't Clemson. You're, you're not facing Boston College and NC State defenses. I'm sorry. Like, it's, it's going to be a tough rookie season. Well, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, we knew it was going to be rough for – I mean, Jacksonville is just terrible. I mean, heck, it's going to even be tough for Urban Meyer. I mean, this Jacksonville is one of the worst teams. And we know that. That's why I've, I've always said that I think that now we know that, you know, Justin Fields is going to be starting for the Bears now, that it's nothing wrong with sometimes a quarterback just sitting out. Your team is awful. You know that the, the guy is an investment. Don't let him get out there and get hurt. The line is bad. I mean, you got to go through your bumps and bruises, but let somebody else go through the pain. That's just how it yeah, is. And, it, and I think it's that kind of that private example, and obviously Fields is going to start because Andy Dalton got hurt. But it, it thinks like when you're drafting a quarterback top five, unless you're San Francisco, and that's a whole another situation. Mm-hmm. Like, you're expecting this guy to be your day one starter. And usually if you're drafting that high, your team's not good. Mm-hmm. And usually your team's not good because offensively you're not able to put up points. Defensively you struggle keeping the other team out the end zone. Mm-hmm. And even... Even what? David? Oh, David, we lost David. He uh, ended up, <laughs> the phone hung up on David there here on 88.3 WCT's after further review. Try to finish out his thought, and uh, he maybe he was driving around in the New York City area and lost signal, and uh, we'll wait for David to hit. God, I got Harris to call back. Okay, now David's back on here. David, what happened? Service just cut out. I don't Phone's been acting weird. Maybe it's all this Trevor Lawrence slander. I don't know. Or did you pay the bill? Pay the bill. Everything's <laughs> everything is up to date. Okay, so, yeah. cool. But yeah, as I was saying, it's not as though Denver is this kind of crazy dynamic team, and Trevor Lawrence was struggling. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of questions to be asked in Jacksonville, and of course in New York, where the lights are always bright. Uh, and then also thinking about the NFL, just all the injuries. It, it's, I know 
kind of, we took away kind of the preseason, kind of that fourth preseason game and made week one essentially kind of the tune-up game for a lot of teams. But we're seeing players go down left, right, and center. And, like, yes, you expand the rosters because of COVID. But I I just don't know how teams, like, moving forward from the season, can you have a roster that's under 90, te- 90 players? You might not have to do preseason cuts. Or you'll have one cut just to limit to 85. But... The injury bug is going around, and it's taking out stars. It's taking out backups. Taking out, you know, the backups to the backups. It, it's not pretty if you're a football fan, right? And then switching over to the college game, Clemson, Clemson football. I'm sorry, like, I, maybe it's losing Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, but this. This team looks like, I won't even say that they look like like those NBA players in Space Jam after their powers got taken away. Mm-hmm. Like, like this Clemson offense is just struggling to, with an identity. And this, this team is not making it back to Charlotte. I understand that you play Georgia and it was a defensive struggle and we all thought, oh, Georgia and Clemson, these are two strong teams. Of course, it's going to be a defensive battle. That makes sense. You're struggling against Georgia Tech? Like, really? Like, if I'm a Clemson fan, that's that's a cause for concern. But not as much concern as there should be in Florida State. And... It's just gone off the rails. I think you just got to do a hard reset. Somebody's got to get fired. Oh, you're on like, the, the the Frank kick. <laughs> Fire somebody. I mean, like, wait. Dave, Dave Clawson, great guy. Mad respect. We have respect for him. Wake Forest football should not be beating Florida State. Like, in any reality. But Florida State's just falling off the deep end, and it's it, it's getting bad in Tallahassee. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a change before Halloween, mm-hmm. or that 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 um, you, that you pink think, slip. You think so? I mean that that's that's a pretty quick um, quick I, draw, on it. and at least let them go all the way up through the season. I know Florida State is. You're not used to that, but yeah, that that's that's kind of crazy. Well, I mean, it's it's part expectation and it's part just the culture of if you are this legendary school where, I mean, yes, okay, lose to Notre Dame, kind of one of those classic rivalries, you know, if you're a fan of '80s and '90s and maybe early 2000s college football, right? That's understandable. Mm-hmm. Losing to Jacksonville State, yes, understand, you know, former players just don't know what to say, you know, throwing headset. It happens. Like, upsets happen. But Wake Forest football, that, like, there's some things that I want to say are unacceptable, but that's pretty damn close to being unacceptable for Florida State. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know 
how he... It doesn't look like it's going to get better, is my worry. Right. And then kind of something new this season. I'm going to throw out my hate. I'm just going to put my hater out. Ohio State did not deserve to beat Tulsa. They didn't. Why not? They they struggled offensively. Everyone's saying C.J. Stroud. Oh, you know, he's obviously visually a pain with the shoulder. But if you're supposed to be this footballing powerhouse, can, you know, get whoever you want, you shouldn't be struggling offensively and leaving it super late in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. to get past Tulsa. Like, if you watch the broadcast and I was able to catch the majority of that game, fans were pretty close to booing this team. I mean... It got bad. Like, it was already low attendance in Columbus, which people were already kind of up in arms about. Mm-hmm. But then, you're at home. Everyone's already frustrated and annoyed that you just lost to Oregon. And that kind of put a damper on college football playoff hopes. Now you're coming out looking flat against Tulsa? Mm-hmm. Like, and even if you go on social media, people are saying, you know, Stroud needs to be benched. Ryan Day needs to be fired because he's lost it. I mean, Kerry Coos is already on the hot seat. He might as well just walk home. Like, like they were getting ready to can him because they just look flat. And for a team that we always say has the expectation to make it to the college football playoff being that Final Four, I... So honestly, and this is not, you know, this is probably going to rile up all the people in Columbus. You guys will go 0-2 against the state of Michigan this year if you guys don't clean it up. Like, that's realistic. Michigan State has a way better, you know, Michigan State would beat Ohio State if they played right now mm-hmm. on the neutral field. We know Michigan is coming with all that pressure. Ohio State defensively would not be able to stop Michigan's running attack. It's just right. not happening. Not to mention, Penn State always plays you tough. Not to mention, you have to play Indiana, which is always hard. So it's this is going to be a rough year if you're a Buckeye fan. And it stinks because everyone's thinking that, hey, this is now Ryan Day's guy. This is his recruiting class. This is his fingerprints all over this roster. And... This is how it looks. Right. And with that, that is my winners and losers. Week three of college football and week two of the NFL. Mm. Any uh, interesting matchups you want to be seeing this upcoming week? Uh, This upcoming week, honestly, I know that they're going to be playing the backups, you know, probably all the four-star recruits. I really want to see how Ohio State looks against Akron. Like, yeah, but I think Ohio the, State's probably going to win it. And by the way, uh, Dallas Gant did uh, transfer. He was a local here. He used to play at St. John's Jesuit. He tran- He was one of the linebackers. He ended up transferring from Ohio State. Yeah, it, uh, like I like we all expect Ohio State to win. Like that, if that was a lock of the week, we would have marked that as a lock of the week for college football. But just because of how. Shaky they look defensively, I really don't think it's going to be one of those 
you know, 63 to nothing kind of victory. I, I expect Akron to keep it close probably until, you know, the fourth quarter when players are tired and, you know, Ohio State flexes its muscle. But I think that's going to be one of those games where teams struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, there, there are a couple of interconference games. I'd be curious, but really for me, I'm just really thinking about Ohio State. Because they are the team with a, a lot of eyeballs on them, particularly in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, yeah, like I said, you 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 don't want to watch them, I'm sure, and people are a little a little surprised by how the the Buckeyes are coming out. And just the last thing to ask you with this, and then we we'll close up this segment. You know, everybody was thinking Ryan Day was a coaching god, and. Is it you know? It's kind of interesting when you have all the great talent. How great you're looking now! It's been a few years since Urban Meyer's been there. It's starting to become where you're putting your imprint on the program, and, and you're bringing in your players, and maybe you're losing some of the players that were coming there to play for Urban Meyer or whatnot. Now, what are your thoughts on Ryan Day? I'm I'm less I'm less confident on Ryan Day than before. I think him being under that Urban Meyer aura. And being able to say, oh, you know, Ryan Day's players aren't going to, you know, wait until Ryan Day gets his recruits in. Wait until Ryan Day gets his recruits in. Wait until he's able to get his system. And it seems as though, yes, you're going to have running backs because obviously you're going to, that's kind of a pipeline Ohio State running back. But at the quarterback position, you still have a bunch of young guys who, have limited playing experience. So that's going to be a struggle. And then defensively, like, you can't give up that many yards to some of these teams that expect to have to keep your job, much less be competitive in the Big Ten. I think that's... If I'm Ryan Day, I need to just take some time, sit down with my defensive staff and be like, look, here's here's what we're not going to do. Yeah, defense what we're is not bad. Yeah, the defense is bad. Yeah, like what we're not going to do is come out here and struggle defensively and keep letting kind of teams just run and throw all over us, especially in our secondary. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone says Ohio State DBU. Like, teams are, teams have started to attack that and, and not be afraid to throw the ball against them. Right. And that's something that you really honestly couldn't say against an Urban Meyer-led team. True. All right. Yeah. Okay, David. So there will be an interesting game to watch. And you can always listen to us on our iTunes and on SoundCloud, WSUTs, after further review. Take a quick commercial break. What do you got coming up next, David? Ben Simmons. Just take several seats, man. We'll talk a little bit about Ben Simmons coming up next here on 88.3 WGTs after further review. Take a little bit of a directional change and talk a little bit of basketball because training camp is coming up in the next week. We'll be back after this.